There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, I'll just deliver the bad news. One, the first slice of bad news, okay? Girls, no need to get your fans or your misters and put away that big box of Kleenex and wipes and... You can put the squeegee in the corner as well because J.J. is not here. No one on tonight. I'll let that sink in. Uh, however, on the good side of things, uh, for Mill Skills and Gigi Gills, our good friend Commander Coker is here. They know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Coco. Coco. Good evening, Mac. As always, it's a real honor to fly on the wing and join the formation. The, the chicken wing. How's things with you? You look like you're bundled good, up. Good. Yeah. Are you bundled up or you look like you just came in from hunting? Did you just use a bear or something up there? No, no. Uh, just uh, feeding the uh, the critters their nighttime hay. Okay. And uh, making sure everybody is tucked into their respective uh, enclosures in. and homes. We understand. Wow. So anyway, um, all right. Now the second slice of bad news. No switchy tonight. Switch is uh, moving his headquarters, as it turns out, tonight. So no switchy. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to have to plow on. Okay, um, let me uh, introduce uh, Security Chief Willie Club, who is with us tonight. Willie, how you doing? You know, Mac, I'm doing great. I'm Good. kind of disappointed, uh, particularly I, with Juan, of course, but yes. with Switchy. You know, I, yes. I had heard that he's had some uh, work done, yeah. and I was really anxious to see it. But, uh, I guess we'll have to wait. Well, he'll be for here. A week or so. He'll be here in spirit, believe me. Okay, and you'll see okay, as well, the show I progresses. Guess that's all that counts. Okay. Uh, also, saving the best for last is, and boy, what a surprise for us guys tonight when we started the Zoom. But uh, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York, Raven, is with us. Raven, how are Hi, you? Hi, my friends. Okay, I'm now. good. Thank you for having me. All right, let me let me try to describe this, even though we're on the radio. You you've got a new haircut, right? New hair yeah, do a do as the kids say. Okay. What, this is what, my new haircut. New, yeah, and it looks just, uh, I mean, guys, you want to, should we go just raise this, uh, show of hands? Looks good. Coco has both uh, hands. Two yeah. words, Mac. Yeah. Two words. Go ahead. Demi Moore. Demi Moore. She has a very yeah. Demi Moore wishes, thing. Demi Moore wishes she had this, 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 yeah. this look. Yeah. <laughs> and probably half the age of what Demi Moore is now. But, wow. So, uh, is that just something? What happened? Tell us. We want to know. Did it just spur it just, the moment or? Yeah. You I by just a- really needed to cut my hair. And- uh-huh. yeah, wow. <laughs> well, I didn't know who that young lady was okay. when we checked in here. I yeah, said, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. I thought it was okay. a special guest. we got to be a TV show, man. we got to be a TV show because it's probably hard to understand this. 
on the radio. But anyway, so look, um, so we have uh, it'll be an interesting show tonight with us four, and uh, also calling in is our good friend, Dr. Bob Gross. In a little while, uh, he is both a physicist and uh, a musician, deeply into uh, UFO studies and so on. He's going to uh, tell us what he's been up to lately. We might also talk a little bit about the slit experiment that uh, we have coming up, the slit experiment in a bar. We'll explain that, too. And um, a whole bunch of other fun. So why don't we just get this show off and running? And we have a top ten list, right, Raven? Top ten list? We do. I have that whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, I better sit down. Okay. Um, okay, so anyway, this is uh, – the top ten list. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, what is it again? What is the? We have top ten reasons Switchy isn't here tonight. Mm. How could I forget that? Top ten okay. reasons Switchy isn't here tonight. Okay, please. All right, start the music. Uh-huh. Um, number ten. It was time for his noodle squirrel to get laundered and blown out. His noodle squirrel? Wow, hang on. What's a noodle squirrel? <laughs> Think about it for a second. Wow. <laughs> Is that that's, dirty? A, that's an inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Think about it. Okay. So, you know, he had to get his system cleaned is what I was trying to say. Or the writer was trying to say. Oh. We'll be fired one. tomorrow. Okay. So, <laughs> I guess number nine in the top ten reasons Switchy isn't here tonight. Number nine, Bigfoot and Mothman had a beef over turf, and Switch had to arrange a sit-down with their crews. Wow. High (laughs) probability there. High probability on that one. Yeah, that's kind of a Sopranos thing. Okay, next, please. Just just the strangest factor alone of that statement. Yeah. Please, Raven. Very true. Uh, Number eight, he's at the 40th reunion of his crewmates from his old submarine, the USS Tuna Fish. Right, remember? He told us tales of the tuna fish. Uh, Okay, well, let's go through this one quick. Okay, go ahead, please. Right. Number seven, his next-door neighbor's freeloading dog finally ate him. I think that was inevitable, right? That's a possibility (laughs) why he's not with us. Okay, next. Have we finished yet? (laughs) Wow. Uh, Number six. um, Yeah, number six. He's taken a job at Denny's to be closer to the quote-unquote best damn bacon in the world. Mm. <laughs> now, that, that I, I believe. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let's go. We can always speed this up in post. Go ahead, please. Ray. Number five. He's hitchhiking his way to Hollywood with dreams of becoming a star. He has stars in his eyes. He wants to be like Judy Garland. Okay. Next, please. <laughs> Number four, uh, he injured himself, ironically enough, by trying to cut his waffles with a switchblade. Right. Wow. That's probably the most plausible. Wow. No, I don't know. I think he's cut the hair from that thing to Hollywood. He's definitely got the hair. Okay. That's true. (laughs) Is that what you call it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a system. Whitey, easy, Whitey. You're already a star in Hollywood. A system. It's a system. Okay, please, Raven. Uh, Top 10 reasons why Switchy isn't with us tonight. Uh, Number three. He's in talks with the Michigan Dogman's people to open a restaurant chain called Bite Me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next one. Thank you. Okay, wow. 
Number Does he two. live in Michigan? I didn't think he lived in Michigan. Where the hell is he? He lives in Michigan, yeah. He uh, lives in Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Is that where they, they make the cereals? Yeah, he lives up there. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's the name? Battle Creek. He lives in Battle, Battle Creek. Creek. Battle, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was uh, Wisconsin. It's wonderful, yeah. Barry. I, I just wonderful that you caught a clue and Same thing. It. Yeah. It's just so good hmm. that you could drop in for the show. No, no. Well, hey, mark geography. this on the tape. What you uh, Mac, that, uh, I get them mixed up all love, the time. Uh, Wisconsin. He's zipped in here around the show. He, he's, he's in. But why do you? But why? Why do you think we were going at the bowl of flakes? You know, unless there was some other. Never mind. Let's go. No, but I thought that was Wisconsin. That's, that's no, me. It, it's just I, a like I, I, I do mix them up all the time. I always kind of think they're the same state, and in a way, they are. Uh, please, Raven. Uh, number two. He's working twenty four seven on his latest book. So many donuts, so little time. Right. Probably right. Ouch. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. This has been rough, but let's. I think we're at number one. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, number one reason Switchy isn't here tonight. His shrine to Raven needs renovations. Ah, uh, there we go. He sent there me an email. Go. Yeah, yeah we'll get that, that one. Okay. It's almost yeah. like he knew that the hairstyle was changing, right? And now it's just timing. Now things. he's got to put the Raven, the <laughs> Raven in the adjust. half, <laughs> the Raven in the half shell. You know that the bathtub. Uh, yes. Surrounding the Raven statue. Yeah. Lots of candles. That and makes stuff. sense. Right. The creepy thing will be if he has a picture of her with the new haircut, him not being here tonight. So you know you might want. To well, I've already, uh, I've already snipped it uh, and sent it to him. <laughs> oh, you? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that was I you. Sent you a good picture. At oh, least. okay. All right. There's still time. An hour and a half to go on the show. So anyway, well, that was interesting. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now, and then we'll be back with more fun. This is uh, Mac Maloney's Military X Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Uh, please stay tuned. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Chaco Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. A very unusual lineup. Uh, no JJ tonight. No Switchy. No Jocko. No X. But anyway. But who is here? Well, Coco's here up there in uh, his compound. I'm in the bunker up in Maine. 
Good evening, Mac. It's always a pleasure to join. What is your um, background there? What's That looks like some red Chinese. Oh, that is uh, from Dr. Strangelove. Oh, that yeah. would be uh, Major TJ <laughs> Kora, riding quote, the Kang Kong at the end of the uh, movie. Yep, Slim Pickens. What a what a movie, Doctor Strange Love. If you if you have not seen it, you got to see it. It's just, I watched it maybe a, not even a year ago. Still as funny now yeah. as back then. It's just a very there's so much in that movie. There's just so yeah. many uh, mm. rabbit holes to go down in yeah. that movie. Crazy stuff, yeah. crazy fun stuff. And and production wise, Kubrick really pulled some cool yeah. crap off in that movie. Yep. Yep. You know, that was that's really kind of like the first kind of uh, it came out around the same time as the first 007 movies, but it really kind of has that look, especially when they're in the war room. You know, it looks that kind of, you know, James Bondish type stuff. And they kind of make fun of that stuff too. But to me, I yeah. remember watching it, you know, when it came out and um, just being kind of um, rattled a little bit that he goes to the, um, you know, the handheld camera when the U.S. troops are shooting each other, the blue on blue. Yeah, he used, a, he used yeah. like a Super 8 camera to yeah, give you yeah, that like, yeah. newsreel, in-the-action kind of thing. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nuts. And really, great movie, Dr. Strangelove. Uh, also, um, have we introduced Club yet? No, Club. Club is with us. Willie Club. How are you? Uh, well, Mac, uh, I'm feeling good, but I, I don't know what you meant by unusual. You classified us as... An unusual group, but I'll I'll take it as okay. All right, something positive. <clears throat> yeah, of course. Other than that, I'm doing great. Club, just run it by the lawyer, your lawyer. Don't, don't see if it's actually a sign of affection. It's probably in one of the closets. Don't bring that. Well, up. we'll, we'll check it out because yeah. uh, you know I could have take some action here. <laughs> well, that that <laughs> just you know get a little bump in the uh-huh. uh, in the envelope. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll help you guys out too. So. Wow. Okay. As you always we'll include do. you well, in the class Wow. Kind of like the shop steward, my friend. You are definitely like our shop steward. So, so A2 Club, A2? A2? Never mind. Ides of March, my friend. Ides of March. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we got to behave ourselves because uh, our favorite good witch, Raven, is with us. Hello, Raven. Hello, hello. What, what are you drinking tonight? Um, this is uh, from Stone Brewery, delicious IPA. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know. It was a it was a birthday gift. Nice. So. Okay. I'm drinking wow. Stone's Stone's good stuff. Yeah, I've never had it before. It's really good. Twenty two years old. Raven was just recently. Um, yep. So anyway, see, she's agreeing with us. It's finally. So I got to tell you this funny story. All right. First of all, I'm going to talk about a friend of the show, Chris Ah. Um, who is um, was with uh, NCIS. He's been on the show a number of times. He's an investigator for NCIS, just like the people on TV. They're kind of like the Navy's detective section. They're civilians that kind of solve Navy crimes. So anyway, uh, he's had some very interesting stories, and, um, and I used a lot of his experience in this series I'm doing called um, Codename Starman. Um, See, is that the name of it? Yeah, Codename Starman, yes. And it's about this military <laughs> detective. Is that it? That's it, Coco, right? It is. It is. It is. The part I love okay. is what people don't realize is the, the prolificity of your writing. I, I can understand why you need to have the crib sheet. Which no, no, no. series no. of books are we talking yeah, I get, about? I always 80, get, uh, what are we, 85 plus different uh, installments now? Uh, 64, but who's counting? All on sale everywhere, really. So anyway, um. 
He's given me a number of kind of tips, and we've kind of developed this series loosely around some of his adventures. Um, so as it turns out, he has now left the NCIS. Now, now get this. He is now operating in a investigative capacity for NOAA, the um, – the National National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association. Yeah, they have cops. They have detectives. How cool is this? And um, so he's going to come on the show and tell us. I, I mean, that's uh, to me, that's an odd place to have kind of law enforcement. But he pointed out a couple things they've worked on that says, uh, you know, like they bust fish smugglers and stuff like that. I actually flew a few NOAA agents back in the day in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Cool. This is a TV show, man. Call it Lobster Mobsters, right? That's who these guys are after. You need to copyright that now. Yeah, I can. All right. Or trademark it, right. whatever the Lobster is. Mobsters. Uh, so anyway, so, um, well, the other interesting thing is um, that, so I just turned in Starman 3 called The God Satellite, and it's going to come out probably in April and May. All right. Now, anyone who's not familiar with these books, they're basically three small stories in one book. They're like comic book comic books without the pictures. The middle graphic novels is the what we prefer. Well be good. You know, if someone boy, they they make great graphic novels. But anyway, that's another show. So the the middle part of this book that I just turned in two weeks ago today is about number one, a Russian oligarch escaping the country which were a timeless show, but you know what's going on there for the past couple of days, right? All the rich people are getting out. They have a Twitter account tracking their private jets around the world as they try to get away. And also, in the book, one of these guys is being bodyguarded by the main character, and he's in the AN-225, which was, up until Sunday, the largest airplane in the world. Which was destroyed. Flying, the largest flying airplane. Flying airplane, right. And which was destroyed in what's going on down in uh, the Ukraine. Okay, so I may be Well, calling. you got a bestseller there. Uh, well, company. the thing is, is that how am I going to – this plane crashes in the desert. The, the AN-2225 and the book crashed in the desert is destroyed. So i got to figure out a way how to get this destroyed plane back together again so we can destroy it again. Anyway, but it was just weird that those two things happened – you know, just in, uh, you know, maybe that's why the book was so late getting into them. But anyway, that would be the God Satellite coming out in April. So those are Congratulations. My, thank you very yeah, much. Awesome. Thank you. Look, forward, look forward to reading it. It's a lot of typing, Absolutely. believe me. Uh, so anyway. I have to also say, make a quick note that uh, meeting Chris here through the show was pretty cool because very rarely can you put, you know, faces to the people that are in your <laughs> Uh, books, unless uh -huh. you know there's some inside hockey that we know what's going on you know, with some of the characters that you put in different uh, installments. But Chris really fits the the part. You know, he, he yeah, oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks, yeah. He fits the, the yeah his lifestyle. I can easily see that. You know, if I had met him later, say, okay, who does he uh, out of the pantheon of books? Hmm. I think I would have come up. His 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 um the stuff that he did. He, he's married now and he's kind of settled down. I think that's why he got in out of NCIS. We'll ask him when he comes on. But when he was um, when he was in NCIS, he was doing stuff like um, he he one of the admirals took a safari to like seventeen countries in Africa, and you know Chris was his bodyguard. You know he went to all these you know out in the svelte, looking at the uh, you know lions eating things. You know um, he got married on an aircraft carrier in Tokyo Bay. He had three 
U.S. Navy admirals and a Japanese admiral in attendance at his wedding. Okay, so he's he's an interesting guy, you know. So we're gonna get him on soon. That's Chris uh, Starman on sale everywhere. Um, so hey, club, can I throw it to you because I know we got a funny fan letter, right? Should we say funny? Because I thought a lot of things would be funny before well, now. Well, whatever and, you want to call it, I, I might see it a little bit differently. Okay. But I, I think it's a sort of a critique, but I okay. uh, All right. well, we can I, take, I did find it interesting. We can take it. We can take it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you read I always get worried when, when uh, Club starts that because it's a little his free. interesting kind of like bumps up against my disturbing. So oh, really? Okay. All well, right. I think we have similar tastes. It's in a, oh, really? Okay. Wow. Huh. All right. He just doesn't admit it. Another show. Okay. All right, so uh, well, you must like uh, no, no, not to not to throw everything into uh, neutral here. But hey, club, are you a whiskey drinker? I don't, are you a whiskey drinker? I, you know, I I used to be a Scotch drinker. I Scotch. like B and B myself. I like particularly after dinner, you know, a nice yeah yeah B and B on the rocks. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So he would like the Irishman then, Coco, right? Was, oh, he he would love it. Right. Okay. He's had it at the house. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it it's okay. Anyway, there's a free. Plug for the Irish and whiskey. Okay, so anyway, uh, so Club, you have this uh, fan letter, and this came across the transom about two weeks ago. And, um, you know, this is someone speaking from their heart, I would say. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, I think they're telling it like it is. Yeah, okay. all right. I'll go ahead and uh, read this then. It uh, starts off, Dear Mac, are you guys having a circus monkeys with symbols infestation? Please bring me up to speed on the symbol sounding off in the background. Mm. I laugh at it, but at the same time, I feel guilty because it might be laughing at someone else's kid practicing the drums. <laughs> it's sometimes better than that. Timed with a punchline. In others, it seems random. Any clarity on this would be great. Okay. Someone's uh, someone's listening to the show, taking uh, yeah. taking notes. Thanks a bunch. Mm-hmm. Love, mom. Oh, it's mom. Yes, of course. Yeah, she likes to <laughs> do a lot of critiques on the show. Okay. She yeah. she tells it like it is. She's paying attention. She tells it like it is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This have uh, funny fan letter of the week. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we do this? Why don't we go to uh, ten questions for Coco? Okay. Now, now, Mac, is this a timed event? No, you know, but, you know, keep it under a minute. It'll be, it'll be fun. All but right. We're not gotcha. timing it unless you want us to time it. Do you? No, no. No, I, I prefer when I have the, a little more flexibility. Okay. Oh, good. we got about a half an hour now. Uh, here we go. Uh, Easy there, Club. Easy uh, there, yeah. big fella. Uh, hang on. Yeah, let's see. You'll be getting a letter from my mother. Uh-oh. <laughs> and you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I'll bet. Okay, so these are just uh, so people sometimes send us like technical questions, and sometimes I come up with these questions. I think I'm just going to ask Coco at some point. So here we are. This is just it's like the, an, it's the highlight of my work week when I get an email from Mac asking yeah. me about some kind of like scenario that he puts together, and that's yes. part I love best. Yes, I wish that I had said. Hey, what, do you, what do you think about Coco, the AN two two five? Tell me in like two sentences, three sentences. I don't have all day to read your your reply. I love it when he does that. I've never said that. I've never said that. Anyway, let's go. Right, these are 10 questions for Coco. You'll see what I mean. I'm going to start at one. Okay, first of all. So I was thinking about this the other day. You know, the um, Amazon in about a year or so is going to have 
drone delivery by these drones, okay? In about a year or two years, you're going to start seeing them just like you see the, the trucks driving around these days. And right. and basically, you can take one of those drones and pick it up with two hands, right? It's not it's not a it's not a yeah, big. They're thing. different sizes. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's my question. Were that, that big. How big were these drones going to be in, let's say, twenty years? Are they going to be just these huge flying things, and just well, like trailer trucks in the sky type thing, dropping off here, there, everywhere? Well, interesting you bring that up, Mac. I can't think of the, the, the company name, but they've built a basically a, a, a plywood glider that will be that's launched out of airplanes right now. It's it's very successful and it's got an incredibly good glide distance. The wings yes. are uh, uh, stored and then when it leaves the like a C one thirty or a large cargo airplane, the wings pop out yep, yep. and it glides and it you know it does like one way delivery to troops. Oh wow. Um, and it's just made out of plywood. Very, very successful yes, program. Yes. You know, it has a little GPS on it to help yes. uh, you know move the flight controls around. It's autonomous. Right. So depending on how much you want to move stuff, how big the stuff is, mm. how far you want to go is going to dictate the size. The part that hasn't really been worked out real well is what are you going to do with the airspace? Because you get these things zipping around, right? And you got people flying helicopters. Um, you know, obviously they can't go near airports. You know, it's going to have to be restricted. One of the most interesting applications on this, and it's gotten close a couple times, is tied to 3D printing. Yeah, okay. Now yeah. they're talking about in major like urban areas, you'll have a 3D printer that can make like body parts, mm. parts that are needed for somebody in a hospital. Parts of a gun. Drone delivery right. to the various hospitals. See so how like one central location, say like in Western Massachusetts, that could deliver into Boston down to New York, mm. Worcester, all those kinds of things moving around. And that's kind of like the model. And to make that work, it doesn't get in a vehicle, like, you know, a ground vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's going to have to fly to make it work because of the time and all that kind of stuff involved. Right, yeah. But Cobra, can I ask? I'm really interested. That body parts thing, do you know what kind of body parts? Whoa. Well, I've making? seen like, things like valves for hearts have been <laughs> have an experiment successfully worked wow. into that. Hey, hey, club. Yeah, I'm thinking about other kinds yeah, I was going to say, club, you can... Yeah, I, I know exactly what you are, and I'm trying to steer away from that. Oh, yeah, oh, well, why, sorry, why, why be funny? I was trying to be subtle mind. about it, yes. but I'm not going to talk about sexual organs. Oh, wait, oh, hey, he always no, said he's talking about his... Wow. Oh, is that a musical like, instrument? That's about his fingers. I was thinking more like noses. Okay, ears. me too. Yeah, you Yeah, you you definitely have a nose in the ear. Luckily, Raven... Well, you know, club, as you always would say in the past... Left the room. Better to have a lobster on the piano than a crab on the organ. Oh, wait. Hey. <laughs> nice. Wow, I guess. Okay, nice. here we go. Number two. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's that. okay. Anytime, really. Super. Um, okay, so anyway, now that we got an email on this, I was wondering this myself. So the recent Super Bowl had a flyover. I don't know if anyone saw it, but NBC completely Phenomenal. screwed the pooch because they showed it for about three seconds. But what it was, was it was five airplanes, okay? Four of them are modern jets. The fifth one was a P-51 Mustang, which is a World War II-era airplane. Great airplane, but, you know, it's many, many years old. So you had a uh, F-16, you had an uh, F-22, an F-35, and an A-10 flying. They had jets. Right. And then you have this uh, P-51 Mustang kind of in the middle, kind of leading the pack. It's called the uh, Veterans uh, Flyover or something. Right. Okay, so the question is this. Is the is the Mustang going as fast as it can, or are the jets going like as slow as they can, or is it just about somewhere in the middle there? 
it uh, the P fifty one was probably I'd say at about three quarters, maybe five sixths kind of thing at its top speed. Yeah. Um, and make everything smooth. One of the things you want to do in a formation like that is that you don't want one airplane with its nose way, way up in the air, you know, trying to keep up with the, with the, or slow enough so they could stay with the other airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a P 51, especially that particular P 51, was very, very clean. Yes. Um, engine, you know, a top performance. Yep. It's, it's used in a lot of demonstrations. It was, it didn't have any external storage oh. tanks, anything like that. Yes. Um, incredibly good wing on that, but the uh, the uh, NACA wing from those days. Yes, and the uh, F twenty two definitely was at the, the you know the lower the end limit. of its yeah. flight speed as well as the F thirty five. The A ten actually was probably pretty comfortable. It was probably snug up in its higher air aspect. Yep. Steve Hinton was the pilot in the P fifty one. One of the most famous air racing yep. and demonstration pilots. Incredible mm-hmm. career uh, in the uh, kind of the air show circuit. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of the work from the perspective of the F-35 pilot, one of my uh, YouTube uh, channels showing the practice. They did a really good job practicing. It was mm-hmm. a phenomenally well-flown, yeah. well-timed event. Yeah, and well you can timed. tell because it's very clean. You don't see a lot of bobbing around. Right. And uh, what's cool about these events now is everybody's got GoPros, and they're allowed now. So you have GoPros in the cockpit, you know, looking at other ones. you got GoPros now that will turn. Nice. Uh, on, on command to look left and right so you can see other people in the formation. Wow. Uh, as you know, Mac, I've never seen a Super Bowl. I've never seen a full U.S. football game. But uh, I did uh, track down the uh, the flyby. I thought the flyby. Yeah, the flyby was cool. I mean, it, it, the place that where they played it is a, is a is a stadium with a roof on it. And NBC, for whatever reason, it's kind of like, hey, come the plane. And then they cut away from it because they weren't going to be flying over uh, the stadium. Who knows? I don't know. It was as boring kind of as the Super Bowl was. But when you see that there's a five-minute video on YouTube of them taking off and them getting into formation and stuff and them yeah. talking back and forth to each other is very cool. And like you said, it's, it's crisp and clear. It's nice. Um, okay, here we very go. Very cool event. Number three, 10 questions for Coco. If a nuclear bomb went off in space, would it make any noise? Well, to make noise, you have to have air molecules. So my answer is going to be no noise in space. They can't hear you scream in space, as they say in the uh, in the fun magazines. Um, so I don't you think he's space? going to have any noise registered because there's Coco, nothing. To, yeah, I'm sorry. When you say space, what does that mean? I mean, you can go out a billion miles, or you know, two hundred fifty well, miles. When you say space, I think you're out of the atmosphere. That's what I'm. That's what I would call space. beyond the space station. No, the space station is in space. It's not in the atmosphere. Because if it was in the atmosphere, it would crash. You have to be outside where there's air molecules to cause the drag and things like that. Okay. Now, there's low Earth orbit, you know, high orbits, things like that. But the, uh, the sound business is that you have to have air molecules. And it even a little bit more technical. Even if you have something like that, some people in the philosophy of the physics will say if you don't have something that is like an eardrum that can convert those vibrations in the air into a sound in a brain, yes. then it didn't occur. The age-old thing if True. you know you were in the woods and a tree fell and your wife wasn't there to tell you that it fell, did you hear it kind of thing. Whoa, 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 what? Okay. So anyway, um, on to the next one. Number four, questions for Coco. 
Uh, what is world famous director Michael Bay and your new BFF friend really like? I I liked uh, Mr. Bay quite a bit, Michael, as uh, was uh, established at the uh, sit down meeting many years ago. Okay. Uh, amazingly, how fast those years have gone by. Go ahead. Um, he's definitely into his craft. He is a super patriot. He absolutely loves the military. He loves the uh, the whole thing of. Uh, what uh, the folks in the military do. Yes. And I think he's done a pretty good job. You know, like in Transformers, I thought he did a really good job of, of showcasing a lot of that. He I mean, definitely uh, has a, a good rapport with it. I know a lot of folks have said in the past that he can be uh, tough to work with, but I oh. think Mac, you know better than I do in that industry and the artistic part of it. You know, you are, you've got to make it work every single time you throw something on the screen. Um, yes. You know, you're only as good as the last thing that you did. And that's you don't true. get too many shots if you, if you don't get something that sells. So that's true. I thought he was pretty cool. And as you know, I always bring this up when you bring up uh, okay. Michael Bay. I thought he was damn cool to entertain my critiques of his other movies that's and change part. scenes to make them more realistic, which is always my big bugaboo is making it accurate. And uh, he was really cool about that. This is uh, that we should just inform uh, people who don't know it is that uh, for uh, Michael Bay's um, – movies bad boys 2 there's a lot of helicopter stuff going on it's down in miami beach drug dealing so on and so forth and coco is one of the stunt pilots for uh the uh helicopter scenes in the movie right is that the way that we should Correct. put it that's fair way if you go on youtube and commander cobra bad boys 2 bad boys you'll 2. find it on youtube there's a clip of it on youtube All right. and i watched the movie because i uh <laughs> i missed bad boys 1 for some reason uh but the movie is not as bad as you think it's going to be. It's with Will Smith and um, and uh, the guy Lawrence. What's his name? He's really a nutty guy. His last name is Lawrence. Uh, I forget his first name. But uh, Martin, Ma- Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Holy cow, man! And you could tell that there were parts in where you obviously your friend Michael Bay just let the camera rolling because they're not improvising, but they're kind of really. Uh, Improvising. As I told you, I did not get to meet there. I got to meet their stunt doubles, and their stunt doubles were absolutely incredible, fun guys. They were at, huh. at the most fit beings I think I've ever been around. And I've been around SEALs and, and mm-hmm. SF guys. These guys were in incredible shape. Funny, funny, yeah. and uh, really into their work and just had a lot of energy and enthusiasm. I really enjoyed the short time that I, I got to uh, be around them. Can I ask you what's going to be a controversial question? You ready? Were there were there were there stuntmen there their their um stand-in doubles were they also brothers as we say? Yeah, they were uh, two uh, young uh, black guys, extremely okay. uh, uh, athletic, very very talented. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hopefully they're going to continue to have uh, other roles that they move into, into acting because I think they have the uh, chops to do it. Yes. I really enjoyed my my short okay. time. Wow, huh? Okay, so uh, all right, let's go to number five now. Which I'm going to read off my new phone. This might take a while. And so um, you were paid tens of thousands of dollars for that to appear in that movie? The United States military, and specifically in that movie, the United States Coast Guard, received no money in return for their parts that were played in there. When DOD and the military uh, approve uh, support in a movie like that, sometimes we'll reimburse things like fuel and some other things, but we generally pay the rest of the freight and the idea is that uh, and especially after something like top gun which was absolutely a huge recruiting taxpayers maybe you're talking about the taxpayers um, do it there's a good opportunity to uh, to get people interested in joining that service so that's the reason why they do it and then if the 
script is so bad that it's just not an accurate. Yes. The military generally won't support it. And that's when you see the wrong helicopters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look like the helicopter it's supposed to be and all kinds of crazy. They like buy stock footage or something. It's really fake. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, so anyway, here's number five. Now, uh, could a jet fighter run on gasoline if it had to? Uh, probably not gasoline. Because uh, most jet fighters run on a form of diesel. Um, diesel? Okay. So, yeah, it's a it, JP's jet propulsion or jet petroleum is a diesel derivative. It's a kerosene, basically. I've seen uh, not so much in jets because they're thrust driven. Yep. But I've seen people run the military helicopters on home heating oil. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah. It's more and than you that. have. You have different types of uh, limitations in your flight manual when you change the, the type of fuel. Yes, yes. Um, so but when you have thrust as the driven derivative that needs to come out, like in a, in a jet or a transport airplane, not something that's turning like propellers or yes. a uh, rotor. Yes, yes. Uh, you generally have to stick pretty close to the grade of fuel that you have. Wow. And of course, the uh, the really interesting version of that is the fuel that they used to put into the uh, SR-71, which was specifically there was a fleet of tankers just for it because it's it was a very specific yeah, yeah. jelly almost type of fuel that yeah. they would press into yep. the uh, into the engine it would only liquefy when they got up you know the when it, yeah when it heated up as it entered into the engine correct uh okay let's see uh bub bub body boom um is it dangerous to fly a jet fighter without a helmet yes it is why because you're banging around in the <laughs> cockpit there or whatever well yeah the banging portion of it is for sure as well as almost always uh, even though you see a lot of like guys and gals will fly with their mask down, they'll have it only connected on one side because you know you're low enough and the pressurization to keep up with it. Okay. In general, you, you don't have to fly with just a headset would be a little bit demanding in that noise wise as well. Uh, depending on the jet, it can be uh, important. Mm -hmm. The other part that's really big about the helmet these days is more and more information is being put into the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's displays, there's queuing, there's targeting capabilities so that while your hands and feet are busy and you turn your head, well, Mac, uh, we can maybe tell a little bit that, you know, years back we were working on that uh, program trying to help a company that had they were trying to adapt what they had done for handicapped people. Oh, right. Yeah, we were, were helping them try to come up with ways to be used in aircraft and with snipers. You could do it by moving your tongue yep. and your eyes to to trigger different things that were on a screen. It's pretty That's cool true. technology. We should do a show that on that. sounds like uh, Tom Brady's helmet. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. We should do a whole show on that um that, that, adventure. Real, that, that, that little adventure. Yeah, put a little. We should just have people play pots, and we'll have put music on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So um, the next question is this: um, What's the worst thing you've ever eaten while airborne? Worst thing I've ever eaten when I was airborne. I think. Um, Be honest. Yeah, I'm thinking of the. Uh, I'm thinking of the stuff that's like been stuffed in the pocket of like a flight suit or a G suit that's been there a long time. So, you know, like the, the candy bar has desiccated into like, like a really strange form and you're really hungry. So you, you eat that. I've had stuff definitely where I've made sandwiches and they've, you know, changed their form because of temperature changes and pressure changes. Wow. So I've had that kind of happen. Okay. Um, I think though, one of the weirdest, craziest things I lost control. Oh, of all the oh, time. Was, okay. I had taken um, 
uh, you know, the what do you call the flat uh, pita bread kind of things? I had done a peanut butter and jelly and rolled it up for my snack. Go ahead. Well, with the heat and everything, by the time I got to it, the jelly had turned into a liquid. And the peanut butter was nearly liquid as well. And as I'm trying to eat, it's getting all over yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And now my hands are sticky. And I don't want to touch anything in the cockpit because it's now it's yes. so now it's getting out of control. I hate okay. It. Yes. And do I eat it or do I throw it back in the bag? Then yeah. I have to try to start cleaning up. And of course, that's when it gets busy when I'm getting asked all these questions. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm reaching over with the other hand that I don't normally fly with, and then trying to clean up. The funniest thing I've ever seen eaten on an aircraft, though, Go ahead. was I had a uh, flight engineer who liked smoked octopus. Oh, all right, enough. Yeah, and okay. he would he would, they were like lipper sticks. No, 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 no. Okay, smell all right. alone yeah. would kill most people. And he knew when somebody was getting sick, and he would talk to you, and it would wiggle out of the corner of, uh, of his uh, mouth. Okay, like, right, thank you. Know, you very much. Okay. Oh, it was just crazy, crazy, oh crazy. No, glad I asked. Police. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was on the plane. Uh. Okay, well, as I come. told you before, Raven, no one can hear you scream in space or a helicopter. Right. I would still be screaming. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, okay, now this is kind of a complicated question. Uh, many more modern aircraft these days are run and steered through electricity as opposed to old wire and pulley assemblies, right? Right. Cables. Okay. Uh, cables, you say, why right. you need cables? Right. Like, for instance, the F-16, It well, all cars have this now, but the F-16 was the first airplane, really, not sure about the yeah, first complete fly by wire. Fly by wire. So when you when you when you go to turn your the rudder, your foot pedals, it isn't you know, it's just giving you the sensation that you are pushing something down that might be attached to a wire that's gonna, you know, affect the right. aileron. So, Correct. But it's really all actuators and, and, and you know, electrical surface. Yeah, I mean it's, it's literally wire or fiber optics that, that runs, you know, the length of the airplane to the aerial device and then it activates the uh, an actuator. Okay, correct. so there's so much electricity going through one of these planes. When they're in a dogfight, when they're pulling G's and all that kind of stuff, does it affect the electrical flow through the airplane? So, in other words, does gravity affect electricity when they're up there going, you know, 8 G's and stuff like that? No. It, 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 there's really – you'd have to get into some really – I mean, the pilot occupant wouldn't be able to survive. And I really can't think of why you could get into a physical g letting where electrons are affected. Go ahead. One of the a couple of things that they do, though, Mac, does kind of answer your question. If you don't have these bundles, these cable bundles properly secured and they're moving around because of gravity, yep. that could have an effect. Because okay. what you could have then is when they're warping out of shape, you know, when you run anything down that has a current, yep. it causes an electromagnetic field and, and they can interact with each other. So that's a big, big thing. Also, you got to be very cautious when you have external radars and other things that are you know, bombarding your airplane, that it can't penetrate and cause electrons to change the uh, the directed path that they're on, yes, slow them up, move them, and cause inputs to the uh, flight controls. Yeah, yeah. That is a big, big part. Same thing with airliners and everything else, that they spend a lot of time but, and money making sure that that works, that that cannot be affected. But, so, but, but, so, but electricity is not affected by gravity. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, not in any of the, the, the realms that you have to get into some pretty extreme yeah, gravitational okay. fields to get that to happen. Okay, and here we are. The last question, number 10. You ready? Absolutely. <laughs> Who wrote this? Would you give your blessing? Would you give your blessing to a marriage between a ballless horse and a sheep? 
And if not, why? Um, I, I, I'm pretty accepting of, of all relationships, Mac. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now, you know, in my little fiefdom up here, everyone is properly uh, paired off or in a, uh, in a, in a three-way kind of relationship in the case of Teddy with his two uh, girls, you know, his two killers there. So I mean, everybody's happy, but it, I mean, if, you know, if, if the passing of time and we're down to, Go ahead. you know, the horse, the goat and the sheep, um, whatever makes them happy, you know, it all, it all floats. It's Sounds, all, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I think, I'd want to check with the authorities about what, what you got going on there. Sounds like a German porn film to me. That yeah, was, that was something oh, that just doesn't okay. seem to. Well, when he brought in threesome, right. threesome. You're, you're the expert, so I guess you know. No, there's nothing about on. expert there. I was asked by opinion club. Okay. You know how I felt about that, and I was just expressing that I'm I'm pretty open to the whole thing. Thumbs you know, up. Whatever yep. floats your boat is is pretty good. My yeah. limits are, you know, you know, no kids and. Uh, <laughs> Let's just roll it off. That's wow, it. huh? Wow. <laughs> hey, Raven. You get what I went with when I said kids, though, right? Like in baby coach. You yes. see where I'm always going with we that? Got that was some new material oh, I tried to work yeah. in there, man. Wow. Raven that, got was, it. that was clever. Yeah, listen, yeah, it's, it. uh, Raven got it. Kudos she's been for you. Here and she's seen the whole set. Yeah. Kudos for you for trying. Uh, Raven, can you save us here? How's your clock? How's your clock in the background? Does he move him? Is he moving? Nope. No, no, nope, not moving at all. We should start the clock go. function is working, but the eyes and the tail don't work anymore. Well, now I'm the cocoa's finished. The clock will start again. No. Yeah. No. Listen, we should start a GoFundMe page for the clock, right? Uh, seriously. Okay. But this so, Matt, can I give you one of my greatest uh, people getting sick of the airplane stories? Sure. Why not? I'll make it short. Right. Uh, I'm on my big, big check ride. Uh, this is a you work for. The whole course, which was about six months long, developing back in the days of charts. We didn't have the GPS yet. And we sure didn't have the uh, moving map displays or anything like that. So you have all these paper charts. And on the check ride, you've got to fly this mission. And you've got all kinds of fake uh, Russian, Soviet, then those days, Soviet uh, SAM sites and yes. stuff. And you had to fly maneuver. Sometimes you had real airplanes that were chasing after you. Well, they had brought on board. They were trying to get... Uh, uh, enlisted guys to get in valves to be interested in becoming air crew to work as flight engineers and gunners and things like that. So this young lad, he got on there and he was sitting in the seat. He was in the back of the airplane and he wasn't doing too good because there's a lot of jerking the aircraft around and a lot of up and down and geeing. And it was, you know, it started out nice and cool in the desert and it's getting hotter as the day goes on. So the uh, the lead sergeant back there says, maybe we ought to put him up in the uh, in the middle seat between the two pilots. So he gets up there and he's uh, he's looking around. He's as white as a ghost. He's not having a good time. And now my instructor is giving me, you know, changes. He's giving me all these fake radio calls. I got to decode this stuff. I got to keep track where we are navigating. And I'm turning my head trying to figure out a land feature to where I was on the chart, make sure I knew where I had to turn. And I just felt this really weird sensation coming down my right shoulder. And I have to understand when I say this. I had to wear this thing called chicken plate. It's not like the new armor we wear now. It was this big ceramic plate, and they made you completely dress up. The rest of the guys, the instructors and all that, they didn't dress up, but the person getting the check by did. So I've got all this stuff, and I just felt it really weird sliding over my shoulder. Oh, come on. And I looked down, and I didn't see anything on the body armor. Of course, the harness straps are outside that. And then the smell. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Okay, that got me. Raven's and then gonna... the next thing. 
the next salvo comes. Oh. And I looked down on my maps, the maps that I had worked on, I mean months. Projectile. Lines, color-coded, all this stuff. Yes. And there's all these letters. There's A's and E's and D's and F's and G's. The kid had eaten Campbell's soup oh, oh. for breakfast. Wait a minute. And it came back up. Campbell's soup. And like all these letters alphabet in, soup? in the soup is on my lap on the map. Alpha so, of course, I look over at my oh, instructor expecting shit. him to say, okay, we'll just go back and we'll, you know, we'll finish a check right another day. And he, he looked at me and goes, deal with it. I just got shot. What are you going to do? <laughs> he made me, so I take my arm and I run it across the charts <laughs> to get all the soup letters off. And all my lines were water soluble. They no! disappeared. I turned into this like <laughs> rainbow thing wait, 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 in my wait, 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 lap. Okay. I'm freaking out. I don't have any of my checkpoints. I don't know where I'm at. I got through the check ride. What a day. Okay, let me what just read. And I have great throw-up stories. Okay, oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll do a whole show on throwing up sometime. Bombing, as the kids say. But let me ask you this. So let me just recap this. You're in the you're in a plane. You're flying the helicopter, right? Right? Right. Okay, and there's a kid. How old is the kid? Oh, he's probably about 19. Oh, okay, so he's in the he's in the he's in the military, right? Yeah, it was a go along ride. Okay, it's a go along. Okay, to get people yes. People that worked in non flying career fields okay. cross into becoming air crew. Okay. On helicopters, he didn't and transport airplanes and tankers and stuff like that. So they right. got these like we call them schoolhouse okay. rides, so they could jump in and see what it was like. Okay, so he they put him up because he's he's looking green. He's not feeling good in the back. Not feeling good. They put him up near you guys. He bombs. He bombs right, over my shoulder. Over your shoulder all over you and you're saying that prior to the flight he had alphabet soup and letters came yes, out yeah, Campbell's yeah, the, alphabet <laughs> soup <laughs> that'll do it wow wow it did spell out man that would be uh, freaky if it spelled out you know fu or something right <laughs> wow we wow that is weird that's a that's a good i'm glad we asked the hey, question Mac, i swear to god i tell you when i took my sneak to clean that chart yes and i watched all those and i can't express to you you know, they gave you all these make-believe intel briefings week after week, and you know you're constantly building up into the, you know, <laughs> the, the fictitious like right out of war heaven. Okay? Yes, well, right out of war heaven. On sale everywhere. Folks who don't know the yeah. greatest book Mac wrote. On sale everywhere. And yeah. you you coming, all this stuff. I mean, color coded everything because there were things like, well, <laughs> if the mission's not going to go the way you want. What's the route you're going to take home? So you had all these alternate paths, and you couldn't fly over where they said, like a SAM site was or a CSU 234 was, and all that just turned into this wow. rainbow color. It was amazing. Rainbow. I with, mean, I got past the smell pretty quick. With the letters. I mean, oh, my God. And then it parts. An hour and a half later, getting all that body armor and everything off. Oh, my God. How do you film that time. in a movie? That would be a great scene in a movie. Anyway, so wow, uh, Coco. So thanks for uh, you know sharing that story with us. I was hungry, but you know no longer. And I have some great throw up stories. Uh, yeah, that's that. great. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I'm sure you can find some show out there. We'll uh, listen to them all. So look at why don't we do this? We're at we're at the end, right? That's it. Yep, number ten. Okay, glad we asked it. Thank you for your throw up story, as, as you call them, Coco. Bonus, Mac. I always like to bring something to the party. Okay. Bonus. Yes. <laughs> bonus, right. Bon bonus bomb footage. So uh, why don't we do this now? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. 
When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. Maloney's Military Excellence Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let's get the uh, bad news over with. No JJ, no Switch, and no Jocko. You know, three strikes, you're out. I don't know, but, you know, but uh, we're, the foundation is here. The bedrock is here. And I mean, the Commander Cobra up there in his compound in Maine, Coco. Evening, Mac, and I, I changed the screen picture to uh, that cinematic masterpiece you talked about in the first half. I voice too. The, uh, the but do you know what helicopter you are flying there? Do you know which one is your? It's the MH sixty eight Stingray. Okay. Can you point it out to you? Is it is it the one? Um, which one is that? Do we know. Okay, the one right over wait. your shoulder. Okay, all right, we're ready. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, all right, uh, Coco's with us, and also Willie Club, our security chief, is with us, WC. Hi, Mac. How are you? It's great to be here. You know, I was kind of concerned when you told me that some of the key members of the team weren't going to be here tonight. Really? I thought we'd really be, I'd be zoning out, but I'll tell you, it's complete opposite. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we're keeping you awake? Definitely. I've I've got more energy tonight than many nights. Interesting. Which you attributed to, maybe it's... You know, some of the things Cobra's told us tonight, but... Uh, the throw-up stories? I'm really feeling good ab- about everything. <laughs> That's good to know. I think it was that piano organ thing that really got him going. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of zoned out a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that, that. frankly. Right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so listen, but uh, uh, saving the best for last is uh, of the regular crew is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is here tonight. Raven, how are you? Hi, I'm very good. Thank you. Okay. Because we were on the radio, I do feel like I have to paint the picture. Okay. You have a new haircut. You have a new do. Are we making too much out of it? We're just a bunch of honey guys. You know, I mean, is it, is it just, is it us? Oh, no, just... when I went to get my new phone the other day, the girl said that my hair was cute. So. Wow. Oh, wow. Sounds I'm like just a... a cutie pie. I don't know what to, what to tell you. Sounds like the beginning of a porn movie, but listen, that's another show. So look, so, so, but uh, the two words I was going to use were Demi Moore. You look just like Demi Moore all of a sudden, but you looked like, um, 
Someone else, the girl who got picked up for shoplifting. There, Winona Ryder. You know, there was a time when you looked like her, but now you, you, Demi Moore. How does that happen? How can you? Oh, correct that. Demi, it was Demi Moore twenty years ago. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, well, at least twenty, probably more like thirty. But you know, back in the uh, Breakfast Club days, for sure. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Well, uh, you know, hats off to your uh, to your stylist. Yeah, she did a good job. Was it a guy or a girl? It's a girl. Wow, it gets better. Hang on. All right. All right, listen. Well, let's introduce our guest tonight. Uh, out there in Chicago, it's a toddling town, is our good friend, Dr. Bob Grosaiton. Let's give him a round, please. Hello, Mac. Hello, doctor. everyone. He's Great here. to be here. Okay. Good to have you, Doctor. How are you doing out there in Chicago? Good. Very busy. Very right. busy, believe uh, it or not. And is it still the toddling town? Uh, not like it used to be, oh, but it's still that. toddling. It's still toddling. That's all we need. Okay. Chicago's a really nice city. You know, I'm from Boston and there's a lot of things Boston and Chicago have in common in a way, you know. Yes. Uh, um, but, um, it's kind of like Boston and the Midwest. Very interesting place. You don't want to go, uh, you know, you got to stay out of certain parts. That's for sure. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting places out there. A lot of interesting oh, yeah. music and stuff like that. Yeah. So, wow. Especially music. Yeah, a lot of music out there. So, um, I'll, uh, let's just um, go over your resume here for a second. Now, you you have a doctorate in what? Can you get us mar- medical marijuana with that doctorate? Uh, I tried, but no. Didn't work. Okay. Sorry, JJ. That's a bummer. <laughs> but uh, I have a, my doctorate's in education. It's from uh, Penn State University. Penn State. Penn State. Yeah, really, huh? Were you there when Joe Paterno was there? Yes, sir. You were. Oh, that's bad, man. How about that? You know, they had like hey, we're not going to go into detail now. But oh, I, a, that was bad. Yeah, very, 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 very uh, large under adult sex stuff going oh, on there, as it turned out. Okay, and that was really bad. Yeah, it was bad. Anyway, but and and then they tore down his statue. They take away. They take yep. away all. But then, like a year later, they put the statue back up and they reinstated their win. So you know, anyway, you know, Penn like, State always had something going. Always, for it. it allows you to bet on. Not just you, you. You didn't hear it from me, but it was always a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was a little sketchy when you bet on. Anyway, so anyway, so th- things are okay. Things are good with you out there, and you're also a musician too, right? Yes. Well, I I don't perform anymore, but I was a professional musician for several years, yes. and then I got into uh, education, and I taught both in public schools and in uh, higher education. Yes, yes. And then they go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but yeah, go ahead, please. Yep. And then I, I got into government work in about 1992. Right. And that uh, started stuck, sort of stuck, and I started working in that. Okay. And uh, I'm right now. I'm retired and living in Chicago. Yes. And uh, a lot of. I'm still keeping very busy, even though I'm retired. Right. And it's been extremely busy for me lately. Uh, now, uh, you know, I, I I said it earlier. I had to paint the picture. I got to paint the picture of you. You look like Richard Harris. Richard Harris sitting at home reading scripts for his next movie. Wouldn't you say that uh, he's kind of got the Richard Harris thing going on there? The, the Man Called Horse. The Man Called Horse. Yeah, I love that movie. He had the best story yeah. ever. He had, the, he had he told the best, you know, Irish drinking story ever. He used to go around with like Richard Burton, Peter O'Toole, oh, all these yeah. guys, you know. And they'd go out for a drink and they'd be gone for two weeks or whatever, you know. And, yeah. and you know, it was really insane. 
So he, he, that's what he did. He was married to some British actress. I can't remember her name. I've told the story on the show before. I forget her name, but she was almost as famous as he was, you know? So he takes off. He doesn't show up for two weeks. He says, I'm going down, literally down the, to the pub for, for, for a pint. He, he's in London. Two weeks later, he's in Dublin. And his brother <laughs> tracks him down and says, She's really mad this time. You got to get home. You got to, you know, this is really it. And he knew he had finally got come to that point, you know, that this, all right, this is too much. So he somehow gets home and they drop him off at his house and the gates are closed. You know, there's no, he doesn't have the code anymore. He climbs over the wall, goes up to the door. He's banging on the door. It's like three in the morning. She comes down in a nightgown. She opens the door and he goes, Why didn't you pay the ransom? <laughs> Hollywood story. Okay. All right. Well, you know, JJ isn't here. We have to tap dance for a while. So, Dr. Bob, so how did you get from what you were talking about to uh, in- interested in what we used to call UFOs? Um, basically, back, it was way back in 1984 or 85, I had just uh, completed my doctoral work and uh, I was writing a children's musical, my second children's musical. Wow. And I wanted to write it about UFOs because the first one was about goblins and it was re- very popular. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh-huh. So I, I wrote, wanted to write another one about UFOs yep. and I wanted to base it on local UFOs in the Pittsburgh area where I grew up in Pennsylvania. So I joined an organization called the Pennsylvania Association for the Study of the Unexplained. Yes. And uh, they kind of made a deal with me. And then I, I joined that group. And then I started really getting into UFOs and, uh, and studying them. And, and then I ha- I've had, I'm, I'm 73 years old, but since uh, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen six uh, yes. UAPs, UFOs yeah. in my lifetime. Okay, so they call them UAPs now, right? UAPs? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Unidentified aerial phenomena? Yes, okay. unidentified aerial phenomena. Okay, so what was the point of that? What's what what is behind that? Would you think? I'm just throwing that out to anyone, really. I mean, is it to confuse us more? Is just more government stuff? They're always changing the name to stuff, right? Well, actually, like in the, in the research I was doing, and I've been doing, uh, they use the term unidentified aerial phenomena before they use the term UFO. Because the first time I saw it was in a CIA report back in 1949. Uh-huh. And then in 47, when they started calling unidentified aerial phenomena flying saucers, they wanted to get rid of that. So the Air Force came up with the idea of the term unidentified flying object, a UFO, back in 1954. Right. But then they eventually switched back to UAP because they thought it was a more neutral term that had uh, really didn't have anything to do with extraterrestrial intelligence. So they wanted to get as far away as they could possibly from, as you say, extraterrestrial, you know, linkage, let's say, right? Yes. Do you think they do it to, I mean, I know it's a simple piece of this, but do you think they do it to you know, obscure us a little more, you know, kind of? Throw us off the track a little more, and now we're not calling them UFOs anymore. I, I think that's part of it. The whole, again, my feeling is that uh, it's a large, a huge, perfect storm of misinformation out there mm-hmm. about the whole UAPs, and and I think, you know, who those people are, they wanted to just keep it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, as we talk about it almost um, every week on the show, on, on the club report, 
um, you know, we try to report, you know, what they've come up, this, this investigative body that was put together by the U.S. government to look into what we used to call UFOs, and they have to do it now. They actually have a budget. They're going to report to Congress and so on. They have to do something. And yes. we were, I guess we were under the impression they were going to be, you know, coming out with press releases, you know, once a week or any, like NASA. But, you know, it's nothing, right, Club? They were basically closed-lipped, right? Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, since they were established in November, there really hasn't been much going on in that area. If it is, you know, they're keeping it to themselves. Of course, the DOD is pretty busy right now, so uh, that could have something to do with it. Right. But, uh, but clearly, you know, they, they were assigned to go out there and, and do a lot of investigation on these UAPs and, and uh, try to get to the bottom of things. Particularly, I think they're looking more toward out of space, too, you mm. know, uh, what's going on. So it's going to be interesting. But a lot of the doubters, you know, the, yes. the old UFO groups and all have been very disappointed well, they have to, that there hasn't been anything going on, yeah. and they, they feel as sort of a conspiracy that that they really just another group set up to keep everyone happy. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm st I still have an open mind to it. I, I I'm hoping that you know soon we'll we'll hear more about their goings on, and uh, you know we got to give them time to set things up. That was November, and you know we're we've haven't gotten very far down the road I, yet. But I keep monitoring it, and. and very little coming out yeah. from anywhere uh, about that uh, that new group. I'm going to ask Coco real quick. Okay, so so we we suspect. I think in a way we're you know I was at least thinking uh, dumb enough to think that they as they say come up with a press release every week and they don't. So Coco, you've been in the military. You know how they work. Is just this their way of just uh, okay? We've done this and now we're going to go hide and we're not going to keep you informed like. We're supposed to. Yes. I, Mac, th this goes back to um, the self-appointed betters amongst us Whoa. believe they're the only arbiters of this information. Go ahead. And they're going to use it to uh, control us. I mean, that, that is the simple part. You know, back in the 50s, 60s, the famous RAND study, this is going to cause world collapse. Yeah. Uh, people will lose faith in religions. The economies are going to fall. Well, I take a look around right now. Lay it on us. In fact, it might be good news at this point. So right. I, there's no way, Mac, that we're ever going to get a straight answer from the government. I always fall back to Bismarck. The more I find out what goes into government and sausage, the less I like both. Well, right, yeah. You don't want to see the sausage ever being made. But, but Dr. Pop, like, you know, just getting back yes. to you for a second. So <clears throat> is that how you see it, is that they're just this is just another way that they can say nothing while claiming to say something? Well, things uh, for me, things are starting to happen. And just like I was saying, just tonight, there were some announcements uh, with the House Armed Services Committee. They right. had a uh, open meeting broadcast and they were going to go into a closed meeting. Mm -hmm. And there were some really neat things Such that as. they were talking about that I thought would fit right into this show. Go ahead. But, uh, you know, I, for me, back in uh, it was June 25th in 2021 that's when the the pentagon report came out that nine page report yes and then it was on july 26th of 2021 and that's when harvard university announced the galileo project okay and what does that tell us what that is please okay the galileo project is they started to put together uh 
a research team, and it was a large project that was headed up by Avi Loeb oh, at yeah. Harvard. Yep, yep. And basically what they were going to start to do was look for uh, extraterrestrial paraphernalia that was out there in space, mm-hmm. and they were going to bring in all kinds of people from all over the world mm-hmm. to look at that. Now, how would they and go? Then, how would they go about that? How would they go about accomplishing that? What Harvard, with with the Galileo project, was going to do is they were going to use uh, telescopes. They were they were going to going to use telescopes, even like at their uh, on the roof of one of their buildings, and yes. they were going to put telescopes all over the world, basically, and start looking for these UAP. And they were looking for just the nature of UAP, and they were hoping uh, that they would find some type of technology that was released from a planet that had extraterrestrial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. now that caused some issues too. But uh, and that was, you know, that was Harvard in July. And then on, on September 4th, 2021 Penn State announced that they were going to start looking into this same type of thing mm-hmm. with the uh, the LSSTC telescope that's down in Chile. Okay. It's going to come on board around 2023 or 2024. Huge telescope. And then, yeah. and then in November, uh, I got a I was recruited by Harvard to mm. work for as as a uh, someone who's working on the research team, just performing vital tasks for the Galileo project. Really? You? Okay. Well, round of applause. I've been working on that. Now, unfortunately I can't talk about the, you know, the uh, the tasks I'm working on, but I, I've picked up a lot of interesting things. Well, tell us, tell uh, us who are we going to tell? Who, who, who will we tell? Pardon me. <laughs> Listen, tell us. Well, give us, a, give us a, a hint of just one of them. Something that would. Do you, let me ask you. Let me ask you this then. Okay. Now, okay. You put yourself on the spot here. Okay. Do you know something that would totally blow our minds? No. Take one. Um, <laughs> I, I. I. Well, there are some things I can talk about that I am not working on that's related to this. Go ahead. That might blow your minds. I brought a couple of things. Well, you didn't answer the question, though, but, but would you say yes or no What to the question? Yes. You do. I think. I don't know what your Okay. Yeah, you don't know what our mind-blowing limit is. Okay, go ahead. It please. takes a lot to blow our minds. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. You should know that by now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've been uh, – I, I, basically, I, I was because of my background in education, I was hoping down the road possibly okay. uh, I might work with training their research uh, – their team – their research team on artificial intelligence on how to uh, educate them in the realm of artificial intelligence. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. But you know, something I read the other day or somehow, you know, I went down a rabbit hole the other day that said that some bigwig uh, artificial, artificial intelligence guy said that artificial intelligence already may be aware on a very kind of low scale, it may be aware that it's going to be aware of itself. And that's only going yes. to grow. Now think about that for a second. It's going to know that it's artificial intelligence that we created. Okay? That's freaky. Oh, 
But anyway, so, uh, okay, could you tell us, please, blow our minds in the uh, UFO department or any other department you could choose. Okay, well, just, just first of all, like talking about what you were talking about with the computer. Yes. Back in the 1970, probably 1974, when I was doing my uh, master's degree at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, they had a mainframe computer that fixed itself. And they, uh, I was, you know, I was just basically studying computers at that time. And they told us really not to say anything to anybody about that no, back then because they had never had a computer do that. No, so the computer would, would figure out what was wrong with it and then fix itself from within? Yes. Wow. What year was, was this? 74. Wow. Hey, man, that's a long time ago. I mean, what are they doing now? I know they have super duper speed, but speed you know equals intelligence, right? You know, the faster it can go, the more things it will know. Wow! So listen. So when is this? Uh, <laughs> when is this virtual reality uh, going to come into play? I'm, I'm I'm just throwing this out anywhere. But now you're a physics guy. You've known. You know when are we going to be able to put on goggles and just be in another world for as long as we want? Yeah. Is it, is you ask, it, asking me? Yes. Is it two years oh, okay. away? Two years? Well, uh, again, this was uh, when I was uh, working in Maryland outside of uh, Washington, D.C. I was living and working in that area. Yeah. And I went to a conference at Johns Hopkins University. Yes. And this would have been probably 495. Okay. And back then at that conference, they did have uh, virtual reality goggles that I could put on. And I put on a glove that looked like it was made out of chain mail mm -hmm. type of glove. Yeah, yeah, sure. And when I looked at my hand, I could see a, a little dragon in my hand. <laughs> uh -oh. It was three dimensional dragon. And okay, it, when it, it breathed like a flame on my hand, and I could feel the heat from the flame. Really? Wow. And that was in the 1990s. You weren't uh, dropping acid that day or anything? Were you? Uh, no, Just, no, no, I had to no. ask. Okay, listen. So, so well, what could it be like now then? It must be unbelievable now, right? Wouldn't the advances since then? I mean, it's... Just my experience is it's just like a, a, a whole totally different world. Mm, uh, literally. You know, I, I've seen robots that look like they're real. I mean, they, they look yeah. like robots, but they move like they're human beings. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to put it this way, but you know it's arrived because a woman in Boston filed suit somewhere this week. Robin, Raven, you might want to block your ears because she, was, she claimed she was groped in virtual reality. And now she wants to find the gropers and bring them to court. Now, what an interesting legal question that is, not to be pro-groping, but can you commit a, a, you know, a capital crime in virtual reality? I, I just feel like it was maybe you know somebody probably wasn't being appropriate. Like, like this is she didn't think that somebody in like the virtual reality game assaulted her, right? Like this oh, is was, somebody in real life. Yeah, it was like Second Life or someplace like that, right? You know. So somebody in the game assaulted oh, her in the virtual character? reality setting. 
Yeah, they're on the you know, like Second Life is it's not quite a game. It's like you create your own thing. That's what I've been told. And you so can, it's like Sims. The, and right, I play exactly. Sims. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's also a game. It's not real. Well, you might be barking up the wrong tree there. Let's see. It'd be funny. It'd be funny if it went to court because it will be like the first kind of you know court action on something like this. I mean, can you? Well, maybe you can do the court by Zoom though. I mean, that would be appropriate. But but can you? I mean, you said can you murder somebody in in you know second reality or virtual reality? But in in, in at first you say no. But but you know what they're saying is going to happen is that Bitcoin is going to be the currency of you know virtual reality. Okay, that we're going to literally sit in our houses all day with these things on and go and carry on a different kind of a different life, but a life that you can actually increase your wealth and stuff like that and you know. It's all nonsense, but it's 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 also real at the same time. It would be real to you, you know. And but if you so, knock off what someone, what are we gonna do when we have the backup? Yeah. And you're not up here at the compound where I've got the backup generator and the solar panels and all the other you know things that are kind of standard for living up here in my life. Stuff. Don't what worry. are you gonna do when you don't have the electricity to enjoy all your alternate universes and worlds? Wow! Wow! It's gonna be you? anarchy. <laughs> don't forget about the Anna. Yeah, but 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 you know. So what I'm saying is, supposing there was some person who, in the virtual reality world, had accumulated a lot of Bitcoin and they're you know thought to be a, a wealthy person, and they and they you know like somehow whacked them and took them out. I don't know, Doctor Bob, please. Have we gone too yes, far? Yes. Well, in, uh, this was 1990. I was at a a conference at the Philadelphia Museum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes. And they brought in because and the whole conference was on uh, like electronic music and electronic arts and this whole type of thing. Okay. And they brought in attorneys to talk with us. <laughs> and they said that they're definitely they were working on this already in 1990, uh -huh. that they would need attorneys to handle artificial intelligence lawsuits where people would go in and steal artificial things that were on the, you know, in a computer right. somewhere. Right. Well, you know, Mac, I don't see how you can classify Bitcoin as sort of artificial. No, I mean, not, I have no. a Bitcoin account. It's okay. real. It's, yeah, it's real. Right. I don't have coins I can count. Right, yes. But I, I wouldn't put it in the same category. Did I say artificial? As artificial intelligence. You know? Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. I just, I guess there's, I don't know anything. I can barely run my phone, okay? But I know that, you know, someone is saying that, that in 20 years, if this VR thing happens, okay, the way that Zuckerberg and all these people want it to happen, is that basically anytime you go into Google, you're going to be immersed in a 3D whatever of whatever you went and Googled. You know, JJ would say, I want to be on stage with Rolling Stones. He will be there. You know, this is, and we'll, we'll be these people in this kind of other universe and and that there's going to be some kind of currency there and it's probably going to be bitcoin okay i'm, I'm listening okay well, i don't know i don't even know what bitcoin is you know i mean i get an idea what it is you know it's, a, it's electronic okay. money you know right it's just like buying a stock you don't physically have possession of it anymore right. mm -hmm. stock or a bond you know it's held somewhere else well Bitcoin is basically the same idea, except there's no nothing real that you could go and touch or anything. It's sure. all through computers. 
the mining they call it and it's all developed by computers but anyways it uh, i don't i just to me that's that's pretty legitimate and real stuff where i yes. i can't see it it, it it all being this artificial let me, uh, thing it's not official at all let me just tell the radio audience that i know club off uh camera is pretty sly when it comes to the greenbacks so what you are saying i'm taking as the gospel because you know what you're doing around money right Switch, i mean oh, oh, yeah, that's what i did for you know for many many years so i well yeah i don't i don't know what i'm doing no. but i'm uh, but i'm doing it yeah okay there you go that's the secret to business kids why go to harvard Okay, good. Yeah, Bitcoin. Well, maybe we'll have a, 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 a lunch sometime, and you can you can teach me about Bitcoin. Should I know yeah, about Bitcoin? Yeah, it's time to get some of that money of yours out of what? you know, ca you know, regular cash, and get it into something that you can uh, get it out of the hole. You know, wall. run through a system that nobody can find it. Ooh, okay, we well, real time. Anyway, so let's get back to you, uh, Doctor Bob. So, yes. so now we we've established that the that the government has started this program very, very kind of publicly, you know. I mean, you know, when they started it, you know, they had a they had a press conference, I mean, and they didn't try to hide the start of it, which is a not a bad sign, but you know, of course if you're gonna just put this up to flim flam people, you're gonna, you know, have a big start and then you never hear from them again. Um but are they out there actually doing some kind of research, do you feel, or is it just gonna be all kind of shim shine? Now, you're talking with the UAP? Yes. Okay, I'll give you, this is my opinion, what I found out with research and what I, my involvement with the, uh, the Galileo project. And uh, there is research potentially, at least with the Galileo project and the other project that uh, Penn State is going to be involved in. Okay. They, this is going to be honest to God, scientific research yes it's it's supposed to be go ahead but it could go That's either true. way in my opinion really because i'm seeing some things already that i'm i'm hoping that they do clear up okay because to me this is a you know a sea change is going to have to happen on how we think about you i'll call them uaps how we think about uaps yes because because uh in the past uh when when you know the whole Things started around 1947, and again, this is my opinion. Yep. They they didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and there's really there's something out there. Yes. Okay. Yes. There's really something out there. I don't know what it is. The government is is not claiming a lot of. I don't think they're claiming a lot of things that they know about. Yes. Like even the whole Nimitz uh, yes. issues and those videos they took. They seem to me. Like they were going, that those people on the the Nimitz and other people on ships yep. were going through an exercise uh, uh, because I had done some research and found out that they had been creating so, the government uh, uh, through, uh, I think it was Northrop Grumman, right. put together, started putting together uh, requests for, they would have been uh what you would consider like a drone yes. but it was a target drone that the uh the navy would use to practice for these hypersonic missiles sure. that the like china and russia were developing yes so they were they were putting together target 
drones yep. so that they could practice on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay, and people see those. I gotta throw it to Coco because he's he's always said this is just you know something that we are doing, and some people in other parts of the military happen to be seeing it. But it's all one kind of thing, right, Coco? Well, I agree, Mac. Uh, the uh, TikTok phenomenon, as far as yes. I'm concerned, it was a manned asset. It, it it may be optionally piloted. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And it's fairly advanced tech. Uh, it's like these drone swarms that are going over and you're seeing pictures. One of the things the military is wrestling with is that your average uh, member of the military is carrying a, a near supercomputer in their hand, like your new uh, phone. Oh, so okay. they're able to take videos of all kinds of quality. There's no way, there is absolutely no way that you're going to swarm Navy ships in the Pacific Ocean at night with UAVs, mm -hmm. and we're not going to war someplace shortly afterwards. There's no possible way that this is just happening and they're standing there with the, with the blank look in their face that we have no idea where this is coming from. Right. Uh, we're looking for information and then start their alphabet list of agencies and committees and meetings. It's bull. And it's bull, you know what, that goes with it. A uh, couple of folks that listen to the show that have reached out to me, a great exception when I say Tic Tac was flying because there's no way a person could survive inside the Tic Tac with the maneuvers it was doing. Well, that's because you're bearing it against conventional weights. Right, go ahead. Our search for that vehicle probably would have to set up its own gravitational field, its own field of movement around it. And as much as AI and all these things are fantastic, a yep. friend uh, who's running Red Six with the augmented reality, where now Flight crews, when they're flying, will look in their visor and they'll see an enemy airplane that's not there, and they can actually do combat with this airplane being flown by AI projected on their on their visor. Cool. Those are fantastic things. But the human brain still remains probably the most reliable control source yes. when you put it out there. And not everything is going to receive radio signals and do that. And, Doc, you are completely 100% on, in my opinion, that exercise we're, we're cold runs for stuff that's going yes. on. Yes. Now, okay. why don't we announce this? Yes. Because we want our enemies to be spending money on other weapon systems that we already have okay. a lead in yeah. or whatever. And then we have to deal with the defense, industrial defense complex, which wants to sell yesterday's crap as long as they possibly can until they have the market on tomorrow's crap. Okay, listen. That's, that's yes. A stupid system that we live in. All right, we got five minutes for this segment. Let me just throw. Then let me just ask you this question, okay? So, if this thing that was filmed bouncing around down there in 2004, which is quite a while ago now, and then the other ones are a little more, uh, were like in the mid yeah. 2015. 2015, right? But basically, you know, kind of uh, looking at it, looked like the same kind of technology at work here. So you're saying that someone was in that thing and that thing that was and it was moving in such a way that it was like aerodynamically impossible. You're saying that's some kind of secret project we have going and we're not going to tell the Navy pilots. We just want them to be dupes and, you know, spot this stuff. Mac, we, we've talked about this for years. Just because you're in the Navy or the Air Force doesn't mean and you have clearance that you have access to any of this. Okay. There was crap going on with the 117 
98% of the Defense Department and okay. the government had no idea that we had perfected the stealth fighter bomber. Right. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. We flew A7s around, painted black, so we could track them at night. They flew in between. Yes. Nobody knew. And everyone all of a sudden go, oh, come on. Cobra, what are you okay. talking about? How can this possibly be? This is, this is modus operandi since 1945. Okay. We've done this. Yeah. We got away with it. Very, very well with the Manhattan Project. Oh, we got to go. But you know yes. what? We don't talk anything about the biological warfare project that was going on at the same time as the Manhattan Project. Right. That one still is buried. Well, we don't even talk about that one. No. We only talk about Manhattan Project. Anyway, on that note, okay, so listen, why don't we do this? Uh, we're here with uh, you know some of the gang and also Dr. Bob Gross. We're going to take a uh, commercial break now. And uh, Dr. Bob, can you join us in the second segment to talk about a completely different subject? Certainly. Okay. All right. Uh, you have your saxophone close by. Can you play us out? Oh, or? no. It got abducted. It got what? Well, oh, why? Abducted. Oh, got abducted. That's another show, apparently. Uh, so, um, That's what I heard. Okay. All right. Abducted by uh, kidnappers or uh, someone from outer space? Uh, trombone player. Oh, man. Don't bring them up on this, y'all. You know? You know what the difference is between a, yeah, what's the joke? Uh, a dead trombonist in the road and a dead chicken in the road? No. Th there was a slight chance that had a. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Mulley's Miltrax Files show here on the Distant Thunder. Radio Network. We'll be right back. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltrax, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney with a show. Uh, we've uh, had a few tonight. we still got some time to go. Let me introduce who's here. I'll say who's here and then who isn't here. Uh, Coco is here, Commander Cobra up there in Maine. Coco. 
as always, Mac, it is a treat to be flying in formation. That's right. Right. Okay. He's well-dressed tonight. He looks like he just went out and sniped somebody. You know? Okay. Nice way to put it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Really? Uh, let's go to our security <clears throat> chief. Willie Club is here. Willie. Hi, Mac. It's great to be here with the gang. All dressed. Really informative night tonight. I yes. I tell you. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm like a sponge again. You know, some sponge. nights you get on the show and yes. you kind of zone out. <laughs> well, but that's, well, that's on I guess you do. Things, right? But tonight it's really uh, intense and I like it. A sponge. Okay. All right, cool. There's a joke in there somewhere, but we don't have time. Uh, also with us <laughs> is uh, Raven, our favorite good witch up in Sideways, New York. Raven. Wow. Hello. Wow. <laughs> We've already gone in, in too much in-depth the new here do, but listen. What's the vibe of the show? You can tell. You you have one of those personalities. What what, what kind of show is it tonight? No JJ, no Jocko, no Switch. Yeah, it's like you know. I feel like we're all like super mellow, you know. Mm. So it's like a calm show tonight. Oh, wow. okay. So Jocko and the Switch and uh, and JJ and Manic and where the they get everyone amped up. Amped up. Manic is a good way to describe it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> okay. So that. So this is the low show tonight. We were low, as the kids say, right? Okay. No, uh, we were chill. I, I don't know. We were chill. We were chill. Chill. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Good thing, because we have a doctor with us. Okay, Dr. Bob Gross, our good friend, is with us from Chicago, the toddling town. He's, hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. He's a musician. He's a doctor. He's a physicist. He's involved in all these like crazy government programs and stuff like that. You've uh, you got quite a resume. And... um but we want we want to throw to you, and we will at some point next time you come back, we will talk about how you saw a UFO when you went parking with some young lady. Why, why be okay. reluctant to uh, to talk about that? Well, I, it's just a long story. I, I could I could shorten it up. Well, uh, what, what was I could the leave song? the parking part up. What was the no no that's you no know, keep the parking part in. But what didn't you pull over to listen to a stick song or something crazy like that? Oh, uh, Super Tramp. Super Tramp. That's it. Okay, yeah. Take the long way home. Oh, there you go. Perfect. The soundtrack. Okay, that's cool. All right, it's cool. So listen, but let me just, I, I just want to throw something to, uh, I've introduced everybody, and I want to just throw something to you f from a physicist's point of view, okay? We're going to just, from a physics point of view, we're just going to talk about this slit experiment. We've talked about it on other shows, and I'll tell you why we're going to yes. talk about it again. I will very briefly try to explain it to people. Basically what happens is you have this thing called a photon projector, which can throw, imagine them as little bits of light, all right? Yes. And, and you, you set that up in a box, and at the far wall of the box is what you can imagine as photographic paper. So every time a little bit of light hits the photographic paper, it leaves a mark, all right? It leaves a mark. Okay. So. In between, they put a, a barrier that just has, like, what is it, three or four slits, slits kind of in the uh, in the barrier. I forget how many, uh, or whether it's a different number every time. But anyway, they're, they're, they're slits, okay? They look like a, um, I don't know, they're thin at the top and get a little bit wide, and then they thin at the bottom again. So what they do is they will start the photon generator. With the top of the box open, the photon generator does its thing, and the photons that can get through the slits form 
the, a pattern of the slit on the far wall. Okay. Right. Okay, fine. Just like you would imagine it would be. Imagine it was a hose, okay, you know, and just a little bit kind of gets through. Well, it, it, it will depict the perfect pattern of the slits, okay? But if you put a roof on the box and you do not look at this experiment and you do the same thing, when you look at the results, the results on the far wall look like ripples in a, in a pond, okay? They're waves, they're waves. And no one can figure out why an experiment you know, as, as as detailed as this, the outcome would be changed whether you watched it or not. Okay, whether yes. it is observed or not, and they cannot figure this out. Okay, did I get that right? Yes. Okay, so let's just take it another step. Let's say that the outcome of a lot of things is determined whether it's observed or not. Yes. Is that too far off the path? No. Okay. So let's say you had two people at a bar, one, and they're both playing Keno. One of them looks at every number that pops up. The other one doesn't look at all. Would it be interesting if one or the other won more to a significant degree? Yes. All right, there you go. What more do we need to know? Okay. All right. <laughs> but. I mean, how would uh, how, how would you how would um, what scientific guidelines would we have to kind of adhere to to make this uh, less than uh, you know a bit? Uh, well, I think that uh, what that experiment is trying to say is that your mind and consciousness plays a role in everything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, there, there. I, I had heard about that uh, experiment a while ago, and uh, when I was, uh, well, when I was doing doctoral work in, in music, and uh, there, we, they were talking about theoretically well-trained musicians who know a lot about music. Yes, and they tend to know how music works. Actually. Uh, when they're listening to, let's say, a piece of classical music, and they know they know classical music so well that they know the form, and they they anticipate because it's written at a certain time period that something's going to happen next. Yes, yes, and it, it does. So uh, there were some experiments. I don't remember what the experiments were, but what it turned out was that in some cases, musicians who really knew music well were living in the future tense. Mm-hmm. They were living in the future and not necessarily in the present. Wow. That's because not- they they their minds were um, working so well that they were imagining. Yes. They knew the work so well that they were imagining what would happen next. And they were actually they claimed that they those musicians we're living in the in a future tense and not in the present. See, tense. that's why that's why musicians are always late. They're always yes. like an hour in the future. <laughs> You've explained it. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's nuts, isn't it? When you think about that, yeah. So it's all in the there is, you know they've said in music at least that says it's all in the brain. That's the only place yeah. music can really exist, and I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we asked. Uh, Matt Maley, who is the bass player for Counting Crows, uh, he comes on every once in a while. But they also ask the same question to the bass player of um, Coldplay. Okay, Coldplay is a big, you know, Raven, right? Yes. Coldplay, right? 
yeah, we're our generation. Uh, so now you don't yeah. like them? Don't, uh, they're like a YouTube, like a bargain basement YouTube like, in a way. They have like one good song. Yeah, they have, yeah, they're in that anthem, uh, you know, uh, like type songs. Okay, so anyway. Uh, I forget where I was going with this because I was looking at Raven's uh, hand, though. What was I talking about? <laughs> I just remembered it. We asked um, Matt Mailey how he felt about this, but also someone asked the bass player to Coldplay, and they said, you know, like Coldplay is such this huge band. Like, you know, they, they start a concert, and the, and the first three shows are in, like, Rio, and there's 100,000 people at each show, right? And that's huge. And they said... To the bass player, who isn't the greatest bass player in the world, but he's, he's in a big band. They said, yeah, do you ever get nervous? It's, it's the same thing to Matt. You know, he said, do you ever get nervous? You're playing in front of all these people. They say, like, the first show, you know, you're watching what you're doing. But then all of a sudden, someone something takes over, you know, and they called it muscle memory. But it's like a different thing, you know. And it's, yeah, you're playing. You're playing in the song. You're within a group of people doing the same thing. And just this, and, and you know, you just do what you do, you know. And, um that's kind of like the, the nirvana of it, you know, playing a song. If I understand musicians right, and you know, maybe it's it, maybe it's you know, maybe you do have to live a little bit in the future. I mean, drummers live in the future, right? When they're playing. So let's get back to our experiment. So, do you see any flaws in this uh, our theory? Do you see where it can go wrong at any point? Uh, again, I, I've uh, read about the experiment being done, mm-hmm. and it turns out the same way every. Time they do it right yeah it seems like as soon as somebody focuses on the experiment the results change that's why, why would why would that be that is so strange well, the only thing the, the and i've you know, been doing some research in a similar area but they're talking about like say the speed of light which this would be going okay yes uh the there's a, a Theoretically, we can't travel faster than the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that can travel, the light can't travel faster than the speed of light either. But the only thing that can travel faster than the, the speed of light is information. It's okay. Hmm. So the thing I can think of, now, again, this hmm. is, I'm sure a lot of it's theory, yep. but if you're, you're merging your information because you're focusing on a, another area, yep. it could be pushing the light faster. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm, what the f- yikes. <laughs> I mean, really, think about you that know, for a second. Doc, second. the way yeah. you describe that also is you hear this a lot with the Tao of physics, <clears throat> where in the Asian tradition, warriors were told that they could will an arrow, they could will. Uh, where they were putting a projectile by joining with it and and, and, yes. and flying it to its location. And I even have had people tell me that in early days with cathode ray tubes, the people that were most successful in the early experiments were people who seemed to communicate with the electrons. Yes. That they were able to make a bond, for lack of a better term, because it, it has all kinds of crazy valiances that thing that when you start throwing the, the bond word, but they, they seem to line up with it and they could actually cause it to to function and to work like they were making an agreement in this uh in this uh the state that they were in to get it to work mm. and it it was it was reported repeatedly that you know people were some were successful and some weren't yeah and that's like the uh, book the zen and the art of archery okay that's what right. that whole book talks about you becoming one with the arrow yes yes one with the arrow is excellent right 
It's like bowling. But, uh, Sometimes you can see the but, pins fall down before the ball hits, you know. Like when uh, I would, I studied with some very top musicians in the Pittsburgh area, they would tell you, don't think about the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, think about something else. That's the only way it's going to really work out. Wow. That's what Mac tells us before the show. Don't think about Don't think the show. about it. Yeah, think cash. about where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, right. Yeah, okay. Wow, well, that's the part's going to be, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, man. That's but but so so you think as as uh, you know, um, alkalites that we should go ahead with this uh, experiment Dr. Bob and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. And we have to document everything. So, in other words, we would document every bet, every winning number, every losing number, and so on, right? Yeah, everything. Doc, do you feel, do you feel confident, Doc, that maybe throw some funding into this tournament? <laughs> Don't ask people. So, so what? Well, that's some what the go. That's you what know, the go funding for. You know? <laughs> just we can come up with a name like Galileo Project. I'm sure we have uh, something pretty good. I think that Peter Pan experiment or uh, the Tinker Bells. The Tinkerbells, you know. We can fund it with Bitcoin. There we go. There we go. Okay, perfect. So, uh, okay, well, we will report to you, Dr. Bob, you know, uh, what happens, okay? And uh, Sounds good. Okay, and so so what are you going to be doing in the next three to six months, groundbreaking-wise, Dr. Bob Gross? Me? Yes. Oh, um, I'm still still doing – research um, I'm, and i'm been creating a what i call an interdisciplinary uap it's it's a type of interdisciplinary uap curriculum okay all right yes wow. yeah and uh i hate that word too but go ahead because they need with, with the i see these major changes like a uh, an entire you know, sea change of things happening with the whole UFO, or let's call it UAP, I guess, the right. whole UAP group. Right, right, the right. The whole way of thinking. Okay. And the only information we really have about UAPs right now, it's, it's, uh, it's shallow information. Yep. It, it's, it's been information that's uh, hearsay that's been handed down by pseudoscientists right. since uh, – the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, that's what and I mean. This, well, the government have the wherewithal to cut through all that and you know get to the heart of the matter because there's a lot of crap to cut through. And there's just so many things from, like, in my case, and I know this is may upset some people, but from Roswell, you know, to currently, yes, what what I've been finding, and uh, they're avoiding it. I mean, you know, you were talking about the Nimitz yes, yes. situation in 2004 uh, after that whole event was over i don't know if you knew this or not but a team of people came in and took all the recordings and all the tapes oh, yeah. and everything yeah, out yeah. of all the machines and and took them away and they wouldn't tell anyone uh who they were and if they didn't give them the recordings that they would be arrested the uh playing some of the nimitz were the ones so that- it, it fits right in like you were saying about you know this was a uh, a type of a drill, but we just work. But let me just go back to that again, and I know we can probably kill four minutes this way. Okay, would and and the Nimitz was aircraft carrier way back when their pilots saw the first kind of um, newfangled UFOs, and yeah, the, they they harassed the aircraft carrier so on and so forth. But anyway, okay, would let's say there's some government agency somewhere in this country, government slash military agency that had the technology that's been around long enough to have the technology to have this kind of anti-grav thing that might be going on 
in the 2004 you know, taping and then again seen in, the, in 2015. So that would be, that would be a government slash military agency. And, and, and it, would, it was basically the Navy pilots reporting these things, and they are not in the know. So you're saying that, let's say it's the CIA that runs this thing. You're saying the CIA, and I'll ask the question again, would actually fool its kind of brother, its cousin, into being the dupes, you know, reporting this stuff like it's flying saucers, but it's really our stuff. You know, isn't that a little... Mac, Mac, you directed it to me? Yes. Mac, we experimented on soldiers with chemical and biological weapons. He gave soldiers LSD to see if we could make them not have to sleep and fight continuously. Go ahead. World War II, they gave speed on every battlefront, on every uh, armed force. Yes. Allied as well as Axis. Yes. And then you turn to me and say, you're shocked. No, no. Mac Maloney of Military X-Files is shocked that there could be a subgroup that is experimenting and not telling their brothers and sisters in the other services. The SR-71... No one messed up to for ten freaking yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but they didn't there were people have people in the air force who did not know anything about that airplane. But they weren't reporting it. They weren't reporting it. It wasn't in the press that we've seen this strange. It was thing. reported all the time as a UFO. Oh. SR seventy one would take off. And it was a UFO report. Yes. And the air force fed UFO reports on it to yes. further camouflage okay. it. All right. And there were people who knew nothing about it. Okay, but but do you see what I'm saying? Do do you see that this uh, is what there any validity in my? So at some point, that this is actively yeah, but, going but, on. I know, but at one point, won't won't the head of this secret agency have to come face to face with the top guy in the navy, and the top guy in the navy what is going to say, "What world are you living? Are we in the same I don't know. dimension, or did you, are you a musician right now? Like I'm ten minutes ahead of the future. I'll, I'll be home. I'll be at McDonald's by now. Well, man, we have had nuclear weapons that were dropped, and we covered it up. Okay. We were just yeah. that they didn't wow. explode. Did he give me the sign yet later. that we're coming to the end? He gave me news of the crash that we acted like we don't know what happened. Not to mention what other countries are doing. And now you're telling me. Wow. You're incredible. You are Lieutenant Sidrone <laughs> in Casablanca telling me this. you're shocked that gambling is going on as an establishment as you're winning to being put in your pocket. What are you bringing that up again for? Listen, I miss JJ. JJ is the stabilizing one. Not, yeah. to, not to mention switching Jocko. Wow. Anyway. Uh, you hit a nerve. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we start to bring the train into the station, right? Switchy would usually put up his graphic of a train wreck, but let's pretend it's up there. First of all, Dr. Bob Gross, thank you very much, and I'm going to ask for a round of applause. Thank you for having me. Which we will sweeten up. Thank you. Now, listen. Uh, now, you you've been on the show more than an hour, and you're a uh, you know you're an educator. Would you give it an A, A minus, B ish, B ish? Probably an A plus. A plus. Yeah. yeah. Let's clap for him again. Okay. Good ideas. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good grade. Good answer. Now, listen. Now, when you were a, a teacher, did you have? I hate to be like this, but uh, did you have like co-eds in your class? Did they come up and try to uh, influence uh, your grade giving? 
Uh, oh, not wow. too much. <laughs> not too much. <laughs> they asked me nice. to bring yeah, a sideways uh, slide there. Yeah, right, yeah. They asked me to bring it down a notch because their parents would never believe it. What's, well, yeah, not they too might much. be more, listening. More than once? Yeah. Okay, we understand. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Bob, for joining us, and we will tell Any you uh, and have you back on once we have the uh, – the results of the slit experiment at the bar playing Keno. Okay, we'll have to come up with a fancy name than that. Thank you very much. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to Club. Okay, Club, you've had a Ukraine flag in front of you the whole night. Uh, you're yes. on their side. Okay, all right. Okay, they're the underdogs. All right, I don't know what the over-under is on that, but I got a feeling, you know, that they're going to lose but valiantly like the Red Sox. No, they're not going to lose. Okay. All right. No, so it's uh, going to take time, but it will take time. Not going to lose. Hey, baby, the longer it takes, the, the better. You know. Thank right. you. Thank you very much for for dressing up tonight, and you're in your study. It looks like you got the Patriots uh, couch in the background there. Yeah, this is a, you know Studio One. Studio One. Okay. All right. Excellent. Uh, listen. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, Club. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Mac. Okay. Take care, folks. Okay, hang on. And uh, uh, Coco, thanks for joining us up in the farm. Everything is good in the farm. You tucked in the animals and so on, right? Yep. Just you got to go out there and do that last round to make sure everybody's behaving, especially if they've been listening to anything that's being said on the show tonight. Do you have, have to make sure horses are with horses, apparently, since you guys are close-minded. No, but <laughs> close-minded? Holy cow. Wow. You know, hey, listen, it's good to have a point of view. Uh, thank you, but but the but the, didn't didn't you put speakers in the uh, animal stalls yes. at one point? Okay, and when I when I listen to uh, public radio, well, when they're not listening to WXCX, and yeah. on most of the time during the day, I put reruns of the show on. Oh wow, really? No wonder they're running around. You have to chase them down; they break out all they're the time. Doing stuff, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Coco, for giving us that uh, piece of news. So why don't we do this? And, and Raven, Raven, I'm saving the last, best for last. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much okay. for having me. And thank you for, uh, I, I know it sounds crazy, but how do I say this? Thank you for getting your hair cut and glamour, you know, and, and making the show more glamorous than it was. I didn't think it could get any better. I mean, it's super glamorous already, so What's, I'm not sure how I did it. Oh, well, you only improved it. What's the name of the uh, of the woman who gave you the haircut? Does she have like a real good name, like Rashawn or something? It's very exotic. Yes. Um, Michelle. Ooh, Michelle. But maybe the, the L is like a Michelle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You sounds know? French. Okay. Wow. Okay. Does she take guys or is it just women or will they, you know, they handle I'm I'm pretty sure though they're pretty accepting of everyone. Oh god, okay. All right. As long as you have hair, you know, don't show up like you know, double L and <laughs> oh, be like my goodness Help. gracious. Oh my goodness. Like a ball guy in a barbershop. Okay. And they'll just L O L and be like, Goodbye, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, real quick. So tell people that you get a you get a you get a, a Christmas present from a fan, right? And we kept it as a surprise and you got it the other day. Yeah. What was it? Oh, it's so cute. It was a, uh, three scrunchies, and one of them is like the, the OG scrunchie from like the 80s, and then there's okay. two that are more like um, I can beat that. Uh, updated, I guess, uh, uh, new age. New age scrunchies. Word. But <laughs> they're super cute. Um, I don't know how to do a top knot with my hair like this, so I got to do some experimenting. But the bun is not 
gone. The okay? bun is not gone. The okay. Bun is coming back. <laughs> See, no fun, no bun, and that's why the person said scrunchies to her for Christmas. Okay. All right. Yes. Very cute. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that the person who did that is, I believe, the person who owns several mules and some sheep and stuff, and they talked about maybe uh, getting together with some of Coco's animals, okay? But I found out the other day she also drives a brand-new Corvette. Okay, so, you know, sounds like she hits the many fields. So, uh, well, listen, uh, thank you, uh, Raven, uh, for um, once again brightening up the show. No Switch, no JJ, no Jocko, but let me say this, um, we'll do the plugs. Uh, if you're interested in getting a bag of swag for Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, just um, go to um, MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and give us your mailing address, and we will put a, a bag of swag in the mail to you. And it's like decals and barcoses are very, very popular, pins and buttons and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, so that's the bag of swag. Just go on uh, MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and send us your mailing address, okay? I know some people say, yeah, send me the bag of swag like we can do it magically, through emails, but we can't. So send us your mailing address. Also, uh, this is the week before our uh, World War II trivia contest. Uh, we're going to have, uh, it looks like, around nine people playing for uh, the first edition of uh, Mac Maloney's new Jericho Storm on sale everywhere. Autographed copies. Should be a lot of fun. So if you want to uh, go on MacMaloney.com, hit that same contact button, and just say the words Magic Fishbowl. We'll put your names in the Magic Fishbowl which I'm sure Raven will be picking from the night of the uh, contest. So just uh, go to MacMillan.com, hit contact, and just say Magic Fishbowl. Your name will go in the Magic Fishbowl, which is usually hacked. And uh, we'll be pulling the names of the winners uh, that the people, the contestants in the game are playing for. Okay, And the prize is a bunch of MacMillan books. Uh, let's see, Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Troop is a uh, military organization that builds homes for uh, uh, veterans, wounded veterans, in uh, post-9-11 uh, wars, so that the Afghan war, also the Iraqi war, these are people who came home, uh, you know, missing a, a limb or whatever. And what Homes for Our Troops does is they build them houses that are adaptable to them, like lower counter space, better stairs to get up and down, stuff like that, make it easier for them to get around. And then when they're done... And then when they're done, they just give them the keys. They give them the other. They tear up the mortgage. It's their house. They don't have to pay for it. And then um, the statistics show that uh, people who are given this type of thing, um, 85% of them go on just to live you know, better lives, normal lives. They get jobs and everything. They don't have to worry about the mortgage. These people deserve it. And um, they've built uh, almost close to 400 of these homes, which is really kind of crazy. So... Homes for our troops, 88 cents of every dollar you give to them is spent on the charity, and that's very, very high in the charity world. So Homes for our troops. Also, Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a warplane from World War II uh, called the Mosquito. It was made of wood, but they put two Rolls-Royce engines on it, and it turned out to be the fastest thing in World War II for about two and a half years. If J.J. was here, he would tell you they were so fast it would outrun the bullets. So that is the um, Mosquito, the People's Mosquito Project, putting a mosquito back together. What's the uh, timeline, Coco? Do we know? Uh, I'm looking at probably about two years that we're tracking to get the flight. Mm -hmm. The uh, two fuselage halves, the wing are coming together as we Do they have to get, uh, you know, certified? And I oh, imagine yeah, they yeah it, right? it sure does. Every part of that process has to. It's, it's pretty involved. Really cool shout out to them. They just had 
three of the 100-year-old pilots that flew the Mosquito at a dinner oh. uh, two weeks ago in London. Wow. And uh, they're the survivors of it. And God, I I hope I look that good if I make it to 70. Yeah, huh, uh, right. To these guys at 100. They oh. are unbelievable. You know, they're in a plane that they didn't put guns on because the enemy planes couldn't catch them. You know, they just kind well, of that was the beginning them. of it. And then there were fighter versions of it. Fighter mm -hmm. bomber, very, very interesting multi-role fighter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fighter really bomber. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the People's Mosquito Project. So I think that's it. Okay, uh, just remember the bag of swag, and also if you want to be in the Magic Fishbowl, just go to macmillan.com, hit the contact button, gives you a mailing address. Off of the contest, just say Magic Fishbowl. So I think that's it. Is that it, group? I mean, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank thank you. you also, Dr. Bob. Uh, special thanks to you, and the rest of the gang. Right, so thank you. this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying. Until you hear us again, please be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.